0: Hey guys, welcome back to Politicians Playground. We are here with our 10th episode of our second season, and we're very excited because today we're talking about Black History Month since it is February. Um, so, for introductions, I'm your host, Sam Autry, um, and our co host, Akshita, is not here today, however, we do have our special guest, Cody Jane. Hi, Cody. Hello. Hi. So um I just want to get right into the conversation, but before that, uh can you kind of introduce yourself and uh maybe the basis of the conversation.
1: Um, yeah, so my name is Cody Jane and um I'm from South Windsor and I'm a black student. And um yeah, so today we're just gonna talk about Black History Month and I guess um, I'm gonna mostly like discuss the sort of like the the education aspect of, about it, so um yeah,
0: um, yeah, so um getting right into the conversation uh basically what is, what are your viewpoints and overall you know how how you see Black History Month? because I know a lot of especially black students and uh the black population, they have multiple um you know perspectives on how Black History Month has both affected them and our country and the world and just, you know, how to portray to many different people.
1: Yeah. So I definitely think black history month is, is a great thing. Of course, like it's a great time to talk, like celebrate black accomplishments and sort of really black <laughs> leaders. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's like the way that it's viewed, it's sort of neglected at times. Like mm-hmm. personally to me, like black history month, I've always known of it, known of it. Cause like they talk about it in school, but that's all Mm -hmm. they do. They just like mention it. So it hasn't really carried much significance to me since like the past two years. And like, it feels so wrong to say out loud because like I'm a black student, but in a way like, but I wouldn't say it's my fault because like, I don't know, I go to school and I would expect it to be more um, at the forefront of conversations and sort of how have our curriculum not only like centered around it for that particular month, but in general. So I don't know, that's just my stance on Black History
0: Month. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I absolutely think that when we're talking about Black History Month, especially with students and educating students in, um, like, a public school uh, setting, there's kind of that aspect of, uh, you know, neglect. And it's, like, people love talking about Black History Month, and the schools really love, you know, I, I guess, like, I, I don't even know, but they, they love, it's like a, it's like for show, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this, like gold dangly earring that they shine and like they put in front of everyone and like, but it's not real. Like they don't actually do anything uh, and not just in our school, but in many different schools. And I think that's an aspect of Black History Month. I've just never liked the fact that uh, they're kind of using Black people and the uh, Black history as just a way to kind of be shown as like not racist, if you know what I mean, Except or like try yeah. to be progressive but like it's it's very much a uh, you know not real at all and um another thing is that uh you're talking about it's a time to uh celebrate black uh, figures in history i think with an- another thing with that is you know we hear the same like three people like we hear rosa parks martin luther king and then occasionally we hear of malcolm x and like there's not many other people outside that bubble that we hear about except for black history month and that's why i think um you know like when we like black history month first of all should be every like throughout the year every single uh day like black history is a part of history and we don't really learn that in our education system other than those three people i mentioned and uh so i want to ask you about your standpoint on that with those three people and how they're kind of used as well i'll i'll get into it i'll i'll just ask you about them first
1: Yeah, exactly, definitely. I definitely agree with you, like, and even those three people, like, even though they were taught, like, oh, they're prominent figures, every teacher has, like, a little poster in their classroom of them, like, Mm -hmm. it's still watered down to an extent, like, for example, it wasn't until recently, um, Rosa Parks, like, I found out that she's just, like, the face of the um, sort of bus boycott, but it was really um, Claudette. Calvin. I I don't know if I'm pronouncing her na- name correctly, but she okay. was actually the one that actually the one that started it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of disappointing that we aren't learned those things in school, and we're expected to learn it as our own. Like, how are we supposed to sort of like engage and be like you know global citizens? You know, helping mm-hmm. the society. You know, keeping everything going if we're not even giving the right tools to make those informed decisions of um, that can really like impact so many people's lives. So. Yeah.
0: definitely I completely agree I think um that girl you brought up I remember she was a 16 year old girl who originally did it but um it's a really long story so she was like a dark-skinned girl so she wasn't really seen as you know a good um person to like put on the covers of newspapers and posters so what the NAACP did is they put Rosa Parks on that bus she just she didn't like decide to do that herself they everything was contrived and planned and So Rosa Parks was put on that bus as, you know, the perfect woman. She was um, light-skinned. She was a little bit older. She was married and she had a job. So all those uh, different factors, like, made her, you know, the perfect woman to do this and be, um, you know, the figure and the, the face of the entire operation. And I think that has carried down through so many generations, even to now. Like, we are the same people because... I don't even like to say it's it's like it's whitewashed history you know what I mean so like we learn the black history that is acceptable acceptable and tolerable and digestible for like white people if you know what I mean so like
1: yeah
0: I realized that like having a Martin Luther King day and constantly talking about Martin Luther King like I've never been in a conversation about black history or black people at all like without mentioning Martin Luther King even though yes he was definitely um he definitely spearheaded the movement but it wasn't just his efforts that got us uh, the civil rights we have today. Like there was so many other people that we just don't hear of, but it's almost as if it was a gift from white people that, Oh, we can have Martin Luther King and only Martin Luther King. And so like, he's kind of used to like, it's like a a shade, like, and it's blocking the sun of racism and everyone else in the shadows. Like we just don't hear of them. So like, I don't like, that's something that I've always realized and I just don't agree with. So when it comes to like celebrating Martin Luther King I love to know his history and I love you know to respect him and know about him because he did do great things but I also like to look past that and look at the people that we don't usually hear of
1: Exactly and to add on to that I want to also talk about how um sort of in school we are sort of I don't want to make it like a compare and contrast but we sort of have Malcolm mm-hmm. X at one end and then Martin Luther King at another end and in personally I feel like the school system sort of made us feel like oh, the, Malcolm X, yes, he was, uh, he was a leader in this. However, he was very radical, so you shouldn't really mm-hmm. like him. So we, they sort of really formed that imp- opinion for us when in mm-hmm. reality, it was through Malcolm X's violence that we were able to really see significant change and efforts, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I have, Like, thank you for bringing that point up because I actually want to talk about Malcolm X, like getting into that point about uh, him being, uh, you know, portrayed as this violent, radical Uh, uh, man, and then they brought in his religion about being uh, Muslim, which also has, you know, these uh, other uh, racial um, underlying epithets with that. And, like, that just shows that, like, every single thing given to us, like like the Civil Rights Movement, even, or Black History Month, or uh, Martin Luther King Day, it's all what's tolerable for the white person. That's why we don't hear in the public school system, which is made from the white man, and the, the curriculum and what we learn, it's what's digestible for white people. So we don't hear about Malcolm X. And I remember, I don't know how you uh, heard about Malcolm X, I'll ask you, but I just know that um, if it wasn't for my parents who actually like showed me a movie and like talked to me about him and like who he was, like when I was in sixth grade, I wouldn't have heard about him until like maybe a small conversation in sophomore year. Because I just didn't learn it in school. So like, wh- like, what about you? When was the first time you heard of Malcolm X?
1: Yeah, unfortunately for me, my first time I heard about Malcolm X was in tenth in my tenth grade history class. For and it was literally because we only spent like a day talking about him. So they mentioned mm-hmm. him, they flashed a picture of him, and that was really my first exposure to who he was and what his beliefs were. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. I mean, like like you said, um, it was definitely with his efforts that were a bit more. Um, aggressive but mm, forceful but also definitely direct and um like uh he everything he did with he did with such conviction and i think that's what really you know progressed us and made this movement uh, successful mm-hmm. um and the fact that like we keep hearing especially from how like whenever we talk about Mar- martin luther king they're like what's What was the message of his I Have a Dream speech? What did he, like, uh, always talk about? Like, it was, like, violence isn't the answer, but, like, violence was, it wasn't the answer, but it was definitely a contributing factor, you know what I mean? Exactly,
1: exactly.
0: Like, we saw that march on the, um, the Pettis, Edison, Pettis Bridge in uh, Selma, that turned to violence, and that turning to violence and being shown in textbooks today, and on the news today, and, like, in front of the eyes of millions of children today it's that violence that really resonates with people and gets us to understand the severity of history and what like and the progression and change we've actually made so like I think learning all of history is important not just learning what's um you know acceptable or tolerable if that makes sense yeah that
1: makes perfect sense and um yeah back to what you were saying like about how the history that we learn is only like it's sort of they make it digestible for white people and at the same time like that's why when certain some some, like white people show like ignorance i can't blame them because again it's the school (laughs) system that really perpetuated and said i'm not saying like the school system told them like oh you're always the i guess the victim and you um this this is just this is so you understand but it's sort of like the school system is what made us made them the way they are like what we're learned what we're taught when we're young is the people that we become in the future so i can't really blame them but at the same time we can't really sit here as a country and have all these meetings and be like how can we change how can we do this when more even more generations of um of students are coming through the school system and learning the same thing like we can't change if nothing's changing within the school system
0: yeah, exactly. Um, that was put perfectly. I think uh, it all starts with like education and the key to any type of change is education, especially within the youth, because like we say all the time, they are the future. Um. So uh, like when we are in history class and then we don't see like real black history unless it's like slavery or colonization or uh, imperialization, like when we don't see like the real civil rights movement until like high school like 10th grade like that's an issue that's a problem yes. and that even when we do see that that's just you know the sanitized uh you know cleaned up history that's uh all the flaws and um uh, uh embellishments they're all you mm-hmm. know um i'm sorry bellish um blemishes mm-hmm. they're all um you know wiped away and we don't really learn about that which i think is Those are the key aspects, those small little details that we don't hear about all the time. Those are what really make history important and significant, not just the overall picture. Like, I love to, like, dig in and actually learn what really happened. Right.
1: And then, like, when the time comes for, and then when the time comes, for example, it's only, it's the year that we're graduating that our school is, like, finally implementing a Black history class. But now we have to Mm -hmm. go out of our way and pay for that class to sort of make up those gaps that school didn't teach us which was the main reason why we went to school so i don't know
0: exactly and there... yeah i mean oh, wait. oh yeah oh, sorry. Go ahead. and there
1: isn't really an excuse for it like you can't even be like oh we can't we're doing this because some parts of it were violence or this because i remember i remember fifth grade you know even freshman year, we are learning about the most graphic parts of the Civil War, um, like all the diseases Absolutely. they got. Like, there's no excuse to this. Simply, um, America's racist. Like, there's no excuse to why we are being, like, why Black students are being blocked by certain history. And when they raise their voices and, and say, like, raise their voices and bring bring um, light to it, then we're, you know, we're seen as these aggressive people. Like, no, like, we have this anger for a reason. But...
0: Absolutely. I think um, like definitely what you bring up with like other things we learned about slavery, like all the hideous aspects and like um, all those details that we, you know, you wouldn't expect a seventh grader to be le- or sorry, a seven year old to be learning and then bring it home to their parents to tell them, oh, I learned about how uh, people were held in captivity and then forced to do uh, manual labor on the fields of like a hundred degree day. Uh, while being whipped and beaten and barely fed like you wouldn't expect a seven-year-old right. to learn about that but you do and then that same seven-year-old would be a white seven-year-old and then the black seven-year-old has to wait about 10 years to just learn about their real okay. history that isn't you know oppressive or discriminatory or discouraging or disappointing um and that that's a real issue that i bet most black students have had to grow yeah. up with um and then I also want to ask you, um, can you give us a general overview about the origin of Black History
1: Month and
0: uh, like how it started, who started it, how it became popularized?
1: Right, definitely. Um, So Black History Month started with sort of like the frustration of the way history was taught. So it was first brought up by James Baldwin. And um, he mm-hmm. just like basically focused on the shortcomings of um, American education. And then... Um, but then Carter G. Woodson uh, really set the foundation for Black History Month. And, and originally, it was only a week during uh, February. It was during the second week in order to un- encompass the birthdays of Frederick Douglass and um, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, oh, I know. I read that and I was like, oh, my gosh. But um, <laughs> so keep going. But um, but then afterwards, uh, President Gerald Ford dedicated a whole month in 1976, uh, for Black History Month, which is very surprising to me, you know that was only 44 years ago. You know, there my mm-hmm. parents are much, my parents are older than that. Like, come on, like I don't know, but that's the Black History origins uh, uh, crash course. I guess.
0: Yeah. Thank. Thanks for informing us. I think there are so many things about that that just stick out and are either intriguing or just completely disgusting like the fact that it only started out with um one like week and then it was in 1976 that it was first uh you know established Mm -hmm. as a month first of all the fact that it took until 1976 to have some sort of formal recognition um and the fact that we haven't had any change at all since 1976 Both of those are just very, very, very shocking to me. You would think after, you know, everything that's happened, especially in recent history, there would be something more, you know, made than just a month. Like you would think that curriculum or that course that we've uh, that is coming into the our school system next year, you would think that would be already a a widespread course that would have been here for years like any others so i don't know i just think that's very like the history about it like i'm happy it happened i'm happy there is some sort of formal recognition recognition however it's, it's still pretty disappointing uh how yeah, about
1: you um likewise i agree with you it is very disappointing um like yes it it's good that it happened it's good that we finally have it but at the same time all this is just like in my eyes just like very old performative activism like um like there's nothing because it's like there's no backing to it like okay it's like i don't know this is the way i see it like they're just like okay black people you have been nagging for so long here take it uh shut up i hope you're happy now (laughs) like that's the way i see it like and because if it wasn't then there's like you said there should be education reform there should be most important, like, other issues that Black people are facing, like, police reform, um, prison reform, like, there should be all these other things in order to, in order to combat, like, the 400 years of slavery that we had, and all the Jim Crow, all the segregation, everything that's been, that led up to this point that we are in now, there should be more of that, as with the addition of Black History Month, and even that, I read an article where some schools are letting their kids opt out of Black History Month, like, are you kidding me? Like,
0: but we're forced to learn
1: european history freshman year another country's mm -hmm. history but we can't even learn our own like i don't know
0: it's so crazy how we learn about napoleon and king louis the 16th however a simple you know um person who spearheaded a movement just 50 years ago we don't even learn about that much in like that much depth like why am I learning about, you know, King Louis's birthday and everyone he married and everything he did that doesn't really affect anyone today when the real history that's affecting me and half the people in the classroom, that's just not actually everyone in the classroom. It really does affect everyone in the classroom. Like that's what we're not learning depth and that's what we're not, um, you know, being informed about because like you said, there needs to be education reform because I will even ask you like in the public school system that you've experienced when does black history start for like when does it start
1: um black history for me the my most like clear memory of black history beginning was fifth grade and it was because we talked about slavery and then the civil war like we were taught that the civil war happened because of slavery and then that was basically my first opening of black history month uh not black history month, black history mm. and then from there um it wasn't now that i think about it it wasn't talked about really in middle school and then again in 10th grade in high school that's my most clear memory of black history being talked about and that's my only those are my actually only two memories i actually remember us talking about it so
0: exactly like exactly we um like for me i think it definitely we i started learning about it back then and in the eyes of like if the public school system was a person in the eyes of it, it would like black people literally started when the first slave yeah. arrived. Like I haven't learned about any anything with like Africa or like where black people actually right. originate from and their real origins and culture and traditions, even though they've been here for thousands and thousands of years. Just like you know the ancient Egyptians or the not that's not in Africa, yeah. but you know what I mean. But like or the uh, ancient Mesopotamia or um you know ancient china and those chinese dynasties and stuff like we learn about everything except the person in the like the the group of people in these in this country that's the most oppressed and i think that just shows that there's still underlying racial um you know uh like forms of oppression that are still happening clear at like clear as day still in the education system like i still can't believe that i have no idea about my like f- like far far ancestors like i have right. no idea about them i had no idea how africa was or anything like in my mind right now i can imagine how people would dress in 1500s england yeah. or scotland but i have no idea what was going on in africa back right. then you know what i mean
1: and even now like even now like the fact that you could you would ask people like oh name some countries in africa and the only thing the only thing that would come out of their mouth is africa is a country like come on like that's a problem within itself and like you said mm-hmm. like this and again like the way that black people and africans are de- depicted as well like people don't really see africa as this as or americans i want to say don't really see africa as this mm-hmm. um you know civilized civilized place. They still see us like we live in huts we live in all this when there are places mm-hmm. that look like mm-hmm. downtown new york boston in africa but nobody wants to show that parts of it because everybody always has that narrative of black people are black people are anything but human black people are subhuman or whatever like they don't see us and our exactly. accomplishments they always want to it's always let's help africa let's help let's help the black people rather than let exactly. rather than see the black people as hey you guys robbed us of our resources you guys basically stripped our country of everything stripped our country of our the people there so like, everyone's like, let's help Africa, let's help Africa, like, let's help yourselves first, let's help yourself, then you can help Africa.
0: Exactly, absolutely, exactly, like, um, the fact that, the only, like, exactly what you said, the fact that the only thing they know about Africa um, is that there are, like, starving mm-hmm. children, there like, people there, like, don't have access to water, like, yes, that's true, and those are very prevalent issues, but, like, focus on, like, first of all, the Black people are that are right next to you like and how through years of oppression and uh you know that history of taking those slaves forcefully and and bringing them here and then like you said stripping them of their resources and their rights and you know basic um uh living opportunities like and then continuing that even after the civil war and after um the 13th amendment and uh the emancipation emancipation proclamation and then through you know different forms of uh voter oppression and then uh, living, uh, situations with black people, it has continued to, you know, perspire those things. And, um, like, um, we see today with blacks, uh, being the highest number of people on different things such as welfare or, uh, the most unemployed or, um, you know, just these like statistics and like, or the crime rate, like just these statistics that are, you know, a result of the history those are things we need to fix before people start going off and talking about like, oh, Africa's like so poor and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean?
1: Um, I definitely agree. And another thing too, is like people act as though like, we don't have the resources to do so. Like we don't have educated black professors to reform this education. Like you guys have all these people, all these highly educated, you know, black individuals that can give you the real history that uh, young black Americans are asking for. But the but the thing is, you guys just don't want to because of, you know, your racist past. Like, there's no other way to say it, really, because we really have all the tools and resources. We can't boast about being the best country in the world when a, another group, when one group of Americans are living in the 21st century, while another group of Americans are being oppressed as as if it's still, you know, back in segregation days. I don't know. Like, I don't know how to put it. Like, it's just two different Americas, like, let's say.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think you, that's exactly how you should put it. Like, it's completely two different Americas right now. And it has been since the, you know, birth of this nation. And um, I actually want to get more into um, how Black History Month is more focused on history, rather than, um, like, it's more specific about history itself, rather than the history that's still affecting yeah. us today, if you know what I mean um and then that was going to bring me into the conversation about like uh what to do in the future so like black history month right now as it is it's very messy like the the whole idea of it it's not like official there's nothing that's really going on it's just like a name you know what i mean um and i think what it really should be if, if it does remain a month and not like you know actually like something respectable like black history every single day but like If it does remain a month, I think we need to focus on, especially in the school system and the education system with the youth, how like we need to teach them things are still going on today and how to fix them, such as all those things, all those statistics I mentioned. And um, then we, you know, we can move on to Africa. And another thing with that, like we keep saying Africa because I think there's this notion that once again through white man's history and white man's education that africa is like this general yeah, this like area of just yeah. black people you know what i mean exactly yeah. like it's land like that's why a lot of people today even think africa is a country mm-hmm. and not a continent with over what like right. 50 different countries um so like that uh that that's another thing that we just have to like uh talk about i actually want to ask you um there's a lot of talk among the Black community, especially about um, what they like to identify as. Um, there's a lot of diversity within the Black community itself, such as whether, like, whatever African country you come from or whether you're from, uh, you know, the Bahama region and uh, Central America. So, like, what's your take on that? And do you think that Black people should be unified, divided, or both? Like, yeah. how do you... um?
1: So the way I see it is I definitely see us like we are all black because of that sort of sorry, that's uh, we are all black because of that shared experience <laughs> that we have in our day to day. However, within that, we are individuals with different ide- identities the same way. So might be like, you know, I'm part, part French, part Canadian, part this. A black person is, you know, like for me personally, I'm I'm 100 Nigerian because both my parents are from Nigeria. So we are all individuals. However, mm-hmm. we are all black because of that shared experience that we have. So, yeah, like like you said, black uh, black people are very diverse and in where we can come from, and you know, and what we can look like. So to really like just say that we are just black, like like yeah, we're we're black. That's like what we look like, but we're more than that. So that's how I. feel
0: definitely I think it's another like way to like racially group us and it's another form of like that you know racial like microaggression like just calling people blacks um but I definitely agree I have a lot of diverse black friends who some come from Jamaica some are uh purely African like me both my parents are from Ghana so we like even though like you said we still share many experiences you know through the like I think oppression has made us like one unified uh you know race and culture like even though there are a bunch of other things uh that did play a role and but like there's a lot of diversity among us like between uh customs or traditions and cultures that we uh celebrate at home and practice at home or the way our you know different parents from different uh uh, countries and uh, regions uh navigate you know things and that definitely should be celebrated more at the same time the diversity among the black groups but i do think that it gets to a point right now where i know that there are many people who like want to separate from being quote-unquote black as much as possible that like they'll say oh no i'm afro-latino like i'm i'm, I'm simply like from the, the the dominican like i'm not really black or like and i think like stuff like that it's just so yeah. weird to me like why you don't want to be unified but i don't know like yeah to me
1: like don't don't get me wrong i take complete pride on where my background is and likewise other people take complete pride in it but at the same time i kind of feel like (laughs) by separating like by separating like saying i am not black you're sort of you're sort of turning a blind eye to every like sort of you're turning a blind eye to everything that black americans have to go through in this country like you're turning a blind eye to what you are going through this country like when you do that it's personally to me i feel like it's so harmful to yourself because you won't be able to distinguish the times when hey this is just hey this is just life working this is just life um this is just how life works and hey i am being oppressed i am being Mm -hmm. discriminated against because of my complexion Mm -hmm. like i feel like by doing that you cannot tell the difference between the two and that's why i feel like as a whole group i don't feel like that's harmful to a whole group because many people will still identify as black but to the individual that's very harmful to them in my opinion
0: yeah absolutely agree absolutely i think that's the perfect way to put it that it's harmful when we try to divide amongst each other because like i said before i especially in america like the history of discrimination and oppression is and marginalization that is what unifies us as you know one collective uh unit and we should do the best we can to uplift each other both with our diverse like undertones however with um you know being one race even though like there's multiple multiple complexions and i actually want to get into that a little bit uh with color race within the black community and how to talk about that with um black history month and then cultural appropriation so i will actually let you pick which one do you want to dive into first we
1: can dive into colorism
0: okay yeah i think there's a lot to unpack there so colorism basically for those who don't know colorism is once again like a form of racism uh that's like about like your complexion how light or dark you are and it just ranges like the dark you are usually The more racism you face and you know the harder life is the more barriers you have to face what and that's usually within your own race i know there's a lot of colorism within uh both the latino and african-american races and uh groups uh but since it's black history month let's specifically talk about uh the black community and colorism with them so like what are your opinions? Like, what are your thoughts? What do you, like, what um, do you know about it?
1: Yeah, so, like you said, there is definitely a lot of colorism within um within the uh, Black community, I guess. And the thing is, like, mm-hmm. at least for me, like, I feel like a lot of the colorism, there's definitely some colorism that's just, like, blatantly, like, just blatantly in your face. But then a lot of it is just, like, mm-hmm. implicit, implicit stuff. And it's like like i said before it's like Definitely. sort of what we were taught when we were young and i'm just going to use this example like disney channel as an example so like growing up like most people either mm-hmm. watched disney channel or nickelodeon and even on that there weren't many black mm-hmm. actresses and even and even so zendaya was really the face of you know the face of black like they kind of just threw everything that was black like zendaya was the face that we c- sort of connected with i guess and to this day, you can see, like, mm-hmm. some individuals being like, oh, yeah, like, under am as, as an example. But, like, some people be like, oh, I don't want to date um, this type of person. I don't want to date a certain black woman. Mm-hmm. However, I'll make an exception for, like, Zendaya or if she's uh, more fair-skinned. And to me, like, again, I can't really mm-hmm. blame them for that because that's just how they grew up. And that's just what they, you know, that's all they saw. But at the same time, like, you know, let's acknowledge that and, you know, reverse our thinking because it is harmful in many ways like like the rate at which darker like for example uh darker skinned women are um being targeted compared to you know another complexion it's like that leads that type of colorism leads to violence and and yeah and tragedy so.
0: exactly yeah i think that's another form of you know division within the black community uh, like you said, it's uh, there's a lot mm-hmm. of gender based colorism uh, with I know a lot like there, are like, especially yeah. with TikTok and a bunch of social media, it's been perpetuated and popularized in a way like never before. Like, we're always hearing of whether it's like, oh, like, I only date light skins or, or like, oh, no, like, she's like a dark skin woman. Right. Like, uh, like, we don't want that. Like, I think those just like those thoughts and those uh, notions are just so not only, like, disgusting, but harmful to the Black community, like, I don't understand why there's just more diversity, like, why tear each other apart when we're already in the face of, like, this great threat, which is, you know, collective oppression, so I don't understand that, and then, but I just wanted to kind of touch on colorism and the historical um, background with that, so I know there are many different things that all tie back to slavery, and, uh, this was uh, talked to me through um, a bunch of different online um, mm-hmm. articles and re- uh, sources. So especially with colorism, I know because of when, like, uh, you know, that, like, stereotype or, like, that, like, joke that's going, that, that's been going around a lot or, like, it's not even a joke, but, like, um, how, like, a lot of, uh, especially dark-skinned uh, men will say that, like, oh, no, I don't want a dark-skinned women. Oh, like, yeah. They'll either date white girls or, like, light-skinned black know. Yeah. So that, like, apparently I learned that that stems from, like, generations from when uh, a Black man would usually want to, like, they would just appeal more to either white women or light-skinned women because they were, like, mixed or the daughters of slaves, so it was better for them to uh, marry them because they would have a better life, if that makes sense. And so, like, that is, like, a running theme with a lot of different things that the Black community faces, such as homophobia within the black community or that like stereotype that like a bunch of black dads end up leaving their families like so the homophobia like when slave masters would uh you know dehumanize and um the de- oh. uh Im- Im- de- emasculate sorry what's the word this yeah dismasculate or something i'm sorry but like i could, um something like that they by um raping the man right. in front of everyone so it would you know make them feel completely humiliated and it like took away their masculinity if that makes any sense so that's where like that internalized homophobia in the black community comes from and um with the dads leaving like they would end up in during times of slavery they would end up leaving their families because they had to you know because either they were sold or they were taken away or they ran away because they couldn't deal with it or they couldn't deal with you know having a family to either take care of or the thought of having a family that they just couldn't take care of, if that makes sense. So, uh, like, a lot of the problems within the Black community, yes, there are some that we made ourselves, but once again, just like all those statistics I mentioned, like the crime rate and uh, the poverty rate and unemployment, it comes from a line of blatant oppression. And, you know, so those are things I think we need to learn about during Black History Month and kind of face uh, what are your thoughts and, or yeah. reactions to um, any those of Those two
1: things that you brought up, um, I learned those through um, Instagram, those li- like Instagram uh, inf- information posts. So yeah, that's really uh, surprising. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like, like obviously that is like the brutal truth, but like you said, um, those type of things need to be brought up because those are things that are actively affecting us today. Like the amount of times that I've seen you know, I haven't heard them personally because, you know, people wouldn't dare say it around me. It's always behind the screen that people say it. Mm -hmm. The amount of times that people have said those types of jokes, (laughs) not knowing, like, how harmful they are or, like, really where they stem from is the reason why we need to... is the reason why they need to be taught in schools and just really um, be brought up. Mm -hmm. And again, like... And then, again, with that, uh, the way that Black women are still expected to sort of be strong even though they they're sort of like have to carry I wouldn't say they mm-hmm. carry all the weight but they have to they have to be strong but at the same time they're the ones who are going I'm not I don't like comparing hardships but they're the ones who are going through so much and expected to expect it to be so much mm-hmm. when they simply are just like any other woman just simply their complexion is different so
0: exactly um yeah so like you said it's not it's definitely not a great thing to compare like um, you know, people being oppressed in different ways and different microaggressions oh, yeah. or any type of stuff like that however i think we do have to look at like definitely black women are completely like they have their own um you know the problems to deal with that or stem from the black community itself which i think is the worst thing out of all okay. of it along with um having to kind of uh you know tread the waters of like being out of the black community and just all around um uh like intersection intersectional like oppression is like i like i feel sorry for all um black women who have to face that and go through that but and then at the same time we also have the set of problems that black men face but like you said we don't compare but like still we have to look at how like different people are like that there's you know those gender uh different uh, uh different sorry oh my god those gender differences that always um are there and that we do have to look at when we're educating and uh, having that educational reform and we have to teach the youth about that so it that doesn't you know continue to happen um and then next i just want to um also before we wrap up talk about the cultural appropriation aspect so there has been especially within black history month a lot of people uh culturally appropriating not necessarily in an intentional um way however they still do what is your take on cultural appropriation and how that's been kind of you know more um you know common these days so what is your take on that cultural appropriation
1: yeah i definitely feel like people don't know the difference between cultural appreciation and cultural cultural appropriation Mm -hmm. and i feel like for example like i remember this one discussion that we had in school and this one person was just like yeah so but what if i want to wear a costume and but still appreciate the culture first off your first mistake by was calling (laughs) A a costume thank you that was your first mistake so like people don't know don't know the difference of that. And my simple baseline is is if you cannot tell if you cannot tell the history and tell um you know it. period the significance of it or like the importance of it to you,
0: mm-hmm. then
1: you should not be putting it on your body. You can exactly. you you know, you can look up a Google image, you know, Hollister has a lot of other clothes that you could pick out, like <laughs> know, like, like there's no need for that, but that's my take okay, of it. God
0: that's amazing yeah uh definitely i definitely agree and i think the biggest form of culture cultural appropriation uh versus appreciation within the black community would be uh the oh that also reminds me you have to get into saying the n-word because that's a huge problem right now but um it would it would be hair and hairstyles among women specifically so if you like you're like tell us about your experiences or your background knowledge with that and like this box braid phenomenon that's going on with white oh, yeah. people. I don't
1: know. Most definitely. <laughs> um, initially before when people were just like getting box braids, I definitely look at looked at them a bit uh, a bit weirdly. Not only one because it looked a, it looked bad. I'm sorry, it, it look looked bad. <laughs> Like there's no other way to say it. it looked bad, but also like they're not uh, sitting there and learning why we do box braids. Like we don't. I'm pretty sure box braids would not be a thing if we had the same type of Hair texture, as exactly. um, you know, our uh, white counterparts or any other person. However, we do mm-hmm. box braids because our hair is not our hair. Our hair texture is different. That's the bottom line. And even if you want to go take it back to the historic reason why um, slaves used to use uh, braids to put hair when they were traveling. Um, you know, on this. Sh- what did I, did I say that right? Yeah, slaves put hair in their braids in order to, you know, travel to travel like when they were being what is the word um when like
0: the one were- like they were migrating to yes. whatever um yeah new plantation yeah yeah i heard that they yeah like they were that's where the afro came from like or not where it came from but while it was popularized in america they wore their hair naturally um and they made sure it was big and they would always grow it out without cutting it because they wanted to either put like maybe like little seeds of corn or um mm-hmm. uh, things to carry around with them um but yeah i continue
1: yeah so um yeah so i saw it and i it was weird and personally personally i take great offense when people do that because the when people a lot of times when people do that is like it's just their explanation or reasoning is it's just a hairstyle um (laughs) anybody can do a hairstyle this that and the third and um and it's simply not a hairstyle like i'm sorry it's simply not a hairstyle like there's so much like especially for me like braids mean different things in different for different cultures but for me like braids are sort of like one of those skills that are passed by passed down from generation to generation and Mm -hmm. like it's sort of like in your family I guess and yeah and to people for people to just be like oh it's just it's just hair it just doesn't sit right with me and another thing too sorry is when people appreciate the braids, there should be no reason why you were touching the braids. Like, there
0: should be no
1: reason why my hair is tapped or something. Like, because first off, it Um. took me a long time to do it. And second off, you don't see me petting your hair. Like, oh, my gosh, what straightener did you use? Oh, my gosh, what curler did you use? Like, no, you can sit from afar and ask those questions. Like, we are still human beings. So, again, with the appreciation, you have to be respectful with it because we are still humans, so
0: absolutely i like oh thank you for bringing that up because um every like every single day in elementary school especially in the younger ages like i would wear my hair naturally and it's usually like a big afro so uh they would tuck like these white children even Even, even teachers they would they would make comments like oh how do you get your hair so thick or like what do you put in it it looks so shiny like um i put in you know like a like a product to you know yeah make it not nice, just like all of you do or I hope you do like the like it's not so crazy like just because it's different than what you experience like you can ask questions and appreciate it but like the like very aggressive touching and petting it as if it's like a sheep's wool like exactly. that's very mm, it's no. just not the best thing to do
1: yeah like the saying goes curiosity killed the cat like don't get me wrong, yes. like some of my friend, like some of my good friends have asked me cuz they've just been genuinely curious i know their curiosity stems from a good place like but, and even before they just like oh my gosh your hair is like so beautiful and i know it's like bad to touch your hair however like it looks so good can i just like touch it so i'm like it's fine cuz like i understand like they're never really going to experience this type of you know experience so i'm like okay you can <laughs> touch it but like it's when especially when i was younger it's when random people would just walk up to me and just pet my hair and be like how did you get it like this i'm like i don't know <laughs> like <what? laughs>
0: ugh that's 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 a whole yeah. thing and we could go on for hours about that but i wanted to um quickly the last thing um the n word okay. so the n word that's um that's a big one yeah we don't have that much time but let's let's talk about it a little bit so we've seen the n word be very 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 commonly used um in you know modern day pop culture and uh songs and media by black people and then we have these you can call them curious or overly excited white people who feel like they're place to use it with an a and then say oh no it's just it's just like it's just a word just like they say it's just hair like no not really there's historical and cultural significance behind it so once again initial thoughts and opinions from you
1: um yeah this whole notion of if it's in a song that means i can say it let's let's cut that out like (laughs) let's cut that out now because like you said there is cultural and historic significance to that song not song sorry to that word and um Mm -hmm. i don't know simply by throwing around it's just like you might as well just like slap me in the face like It's just like, Mm -hmm. it's just like the most deepest level of, in my opinion, disrespect that you could give a black person, even if you're using it with an A, like a lot of people feel like justifying it with an A is okay. And another thing that kind of like correlates with that is when people, I know this might be a stretch, but it's when people use emojis that aren't their complexion to like,
0: Oh like,
1: oh my gosh, why are you doing that? Like...
0: It's like or this whole like tanning thing that's happened. Yes. like even like past emojis, like their actual skin, like blackfishing, yes. like that whole thing where um especially among uh, women who love to tan, like making it so dark that they they look black and like a lot of celebrities have been quote unquote cancelled for that. And uh like we've seen those TikToks where people take a bunch of different pictures and then make like a makeup palette yes. with all the different complexions that they have. Like those are so that's it's like funny, but it's crazy yes. like that people actually doing this and they don't understand how harmful and damaging those like actions are and like they just think oh it's just skin oh it's just hair oh it's just a word like those that those that hair that word and that skin has oppressed an entire right. group of people for centuries exactly. like that's why it's so incredibly you know important to look at and to educate yourself on like uh when people say like oh then why are you guys allowed to say cracker like or right. like Oh, why are you guys allowed to wear black or blonde wigs? Like that
1: is not impressive.
0: Is that a joke?
1: That is like, is, is that <laughs> like,
0: and then like they say like, oh, but white people don't have a cult-. like. Yes, white people don't have a culture. Like that's what I'm telling exactly. you. Like, white people don't have culture. White people, like as a collective unit of white people, have not had something that ties them together or a culture. Okay. Black people. All black people have been tied together by racial oppression. That's what makes us have a culture, and that racial oppression has, you know, um, it's catalyzed a bunch of different, um, you know, phenomena to happen within the black community, along with different traditions we've had to uh, make or whatnot. Like, so that's why we have a culture. White people don't have a culture. White people are not oppressed by the c-word. White, like, blonde hair is not significant. Like, blonde, it's just a, it's just a thing that happens. Copying like box braids is a real significance there's historical like there's a historical importance behind that so people need to learn the difference and stop comparing um like stop comparing oppression because that's just not right like it's just not a thing to do right
1: yeah it just like continues that cycle of just ignorance like again Mm -hmm. there should be no reason why I don't know. I'm just really thinking of the scenario where you, as a white individual, would need to use the N word, and there isn't really exactly. a lot of the times when you use the N word, it's among your white friends, and I'm sitting there like, what? Exactly. Like, who is this mm-hmm. word directed to? Who is this word for? Really, like, there isn't a reason at all. And even if a rapper does use it in a song, listen to the context in which he is using it. He's mm. not if because if people really mm-hmm. listen to the context, people. Like, rappers don't really just throw that, like, yes, they throw that word around, but, like, they don't really, like, you. there's many other words to use, and they have used those other words. However, like you said, like, I, f- I feel like the N-word for Black people, they reinvented it, so it means sort of, like, royalty. So, I, again, for Black people, like, I feel like that's just another thing that just binds us together. And then, like, when somebody else uses it, it's just, like, okay, like, congrats. Like, there's no i don't know i don't know how to put it there's no need there's no need at all like there's nothing binding you to it there's nothing that like brings you closer to the black community by using it like i don't understand um
0: exactly absolutely like there's no need there's just simply no need so just don't use it like bottom line point blank period don't use it like there's like i there's there's just no other way to say it don't use it it's not for you you weren't oppressed by it like you are not the person who reclaimed it and reinvented it to you know uplift your culture and your your people so don't use it like plain and simple um yeah so i think i just want to wrap it up now um give me your overall yeah some some uh uh, like please summarize this conversation what it's meant to you and you know black history month Uh, before we wrap up um
1: yeah so i really like this conversation um it it really meant a lot to it meant a lot to me because it's not i feel like um this conversation doesn't i feel like this conversation doesn't only just benefit the black community but also benefits other communities that want to know why certain why black people are so angry when when Mm -hmm. we bring up these types of issues and again with black history month is i feel like conversations like this like even if it's just, like, two Black people discussing, like, conversations like this is what allows for more change to happen. So it's not it's not exactly. us sitting here saying, oh, wow, only 44 years ago, it was only 44 years ago that Black History Month was made. Rather, it's us saying, like, hey, when we become, when we go into the future and become those adults that are going to start making those rules, what do we have to do? Because we've seen the way that it failed us, so let's work to the ways that it won't fail other generations and we can move in a for more better
0: direction absolutely yes thank you that's exactly how i would put it um yeah so i I agree we have to make sure we continue have these conversations that promote change and action and uh, education and we have to make sure that we are taking a look at both the um great um positive aspects of black history month um in tandem with the flaws of it and you know reforming those flaws But yeah, so I want to thank the audience for listening and Cody for being a guest. Thank you for coming. For
1: having me.
0: Yeah. All right. So thanks, guys. Please listen for more. There will be a lot more podcasts and episodes in this season um, with many different topics coming up. So thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed your ride down the slide on Politicians Playground. Bye, guys. (laughs)